to start a relationship on a real foundation of trust is so crucial because if you don't have trust, let's be honest, what have you got? A facade. Because if you're second guessing everything that your partner's doing or if they're second guessing everything that you're doing, it's just not a healthy environment. And it's certainly not one that I want to be within. Hello, Kel friend. Welcome back to the Curl Squad's Curl Power podcast with me, Zoe Fox. If you're new here, welcome. I always appreciate a new listener, so big love from me. If you're wondering what we talk about on the podcast, it's a conversation really of a therapeutic nature that just explores our journeys into self-love and really stepping into our potential, doing the work to just figure out who we are and what we're here to do and shaking off the shackles of European beauty standards and just stepping into our true power. You'll hear a lot from me and my experience, but I'm also really looking forward to getting some guests back on board again soon. We've just started recording in a new studio, so I'm trying to get a few things set up so that we can have some some guests coming into the studio. So yeah, that will be coming all very soon. As you're listening to the podcast, if you find anything that resonates or if somebody springs into your mind that you think, oh, you know what, I think I think they might like this podcast, I would truly appreciate it if you share. I think one of the challenges that we have as underrepresented women is getting our voices heard. So I'm here shouting from the rooftops <laughs> to try and, um, yeah, just share a little bit of my personal experience and that of my guests. So... Yeah, if you feel moved to, I would definitely appreciate it if you would share us on your social media or share us with somebody that you know might benefit from the conversation. You can find us on Instagram at The Curl Squad. You can find me on Instagram at zoe.e.fox. We're also on Facebook. Twitter's a bit dry, but we're there too. Regular listeners of the podcast will know that I've got a spinal cord injury, which I sustained at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. Oh, what a time. What a time to experience a life-changing injury. I don't think there's ever a good time, but that was definitely most inconvenient. But I had an appointment yesterday with my consultant back over at the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital. And it was a very interesting conversation. I learned some stuff that I didn't know before. We spoke a little bit more about my MRI scan and the pain that I'm still experiencing. One of the joys of spinal cord injury is, um, depending at which level you end up with your injury at, but it can damage things like your bladder, your bowels, your sensation, your movement, your strength. So it covers quite a lot of things. So it was good to get back in a room with my consultant just to talk about some of my outstanding issues. But he did give me a little bit of hope when he said that he thinks that maybe in about five years, between three to five years time, I might be able to put this behind me. So I'm just staying really hopeful and I'd appreciate any positive vibes um, sent my way for healing. So it would definitely be a huge lesson that I've learned in life through this experience. And a lesson that I'm grateful for, as difficult as it has been, to be honest. But yeah, I'm just going to keep focused on the healing and the possibility. And that's what I just love to do, really, is just to explore the possibilities within life. And if you haven't heard me talking about my journey of my spinal cord injury, I have got some episodes on that and I'll drop the links to those in the show notes. 
So in last week's episode, I spoke to you about my experience of being in an emotionally and a financially abusive relationship and what what it was like for me to give away my power to the point where I had nothing left for myself. Again, I will drop the link to that in the show notes so you can check that out if you haven't heard it already. But in this episode, I wanted to focus on the point in my life that everything started to change for the better. I'd say the last boyfriend that I had, the one with the class A addiction and uh, the one that left me in debt, was probably one of my lowest points. And I've had a few low points, but emotionally, I was on a knife edge when we'd finished. I was very nervous, very anxious. He'd given some hints and stuff that, you know, he would kill himself um, or do some other sort of damage when I left him. So I was really quite nervous about what he could potentially do. He'd eroded my trust. He'd killed my confidence. And I was just a real shadow of my former self. So since my boyfriend died in 2002, up until this catastrophic relationship that ended in around 2010, all of the trauma that I'd been holding down and basically ignoring through just going out and partying hard was all bubbling up to the surface. All of the things that I'd been trying to run away from were catching up with me. I had nowhere to run. My body was feeling the physical effects of now living with a generalised anxiety disorder, constantly living in a a state of uh, fight or flight. My adrenals were just like super drained. I was living with constantly restricted breathing, which then causes you to hyperventilate because I'm trying to breathe and I just can't get a deep enough breath so then every time I'm trying to breathe it's like just this really consciously restricted breathing that I just couldn't I just couldn't get a deep enough breath which then sets your body into this this constant cycle of adrenaline I wasn't having a good time I was having panic attacks and just deeply depressed at this point he'd ruined my life and I'd let him do that and now all of the ghosts of the past were were here waiting for me to to face but I barely had the strength to do that and as far as men were concerned I was over them didn't want nothing to do with them couldn't trust them just yeah written them off as absolute trash in my head like how could I have been so deluded to believe that I could have my happy ending to believe that There were other men out there that were like my dad who were kind and caring and considerate and it's just all a lie, isn't it? Because these guys don't exist. I mean, as a woman, could you imagine having a son that goes out and treats other women like that? So at this point, I'm also working in the bank. Things are just, yeah, going from bad to worse. I'm struggling to show up properly at work and management are coming down on me and I spoke a bit about this in one of my episodes as well which again all of these I will link in the show notes and at this point I did actually start entering into some therapy which was a whole life-changing event. I'm living with my friend now at her flat just really trying to start to heal and start trying to help myself to feel safe again. So I'm catching a little vibe, the sun's shining, I'm playing some tunes, 
Um, I started posting the tunes that I was lis- listening to on Facebook, some 90s R&B jams. Um, yeah, wasn't really thinking anything of it. And then I noticed there's a guy that I know and um, we were also friends on Facebook. And I noticed he started playing some tunes, like posting some tunes on Facebook. And I was like, oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> so I was like, he's playing some similar tunes. Anyway, didn't think too much of it. And then we had a mutual friend at the time who sort of told me that this guy, let's call him Kane, <laughs> might be a little bit interested. But at this point, I'm like, hell to the no. Like, just men in general, no. Men in the music industry, a big hell to the no. Like, get away from me. <laughs> I wanted to defend myself with like a big 10-foot barge pole kind of thing. I was just like, nah. Um, but anyway, the last thing I wanted at this point, because this was only like, I'd only been a few months out of this hellhole of a relationship. Last thing I wanted was any other man in my vicinity whatsoever. This was my time now to heal and breathe and try and find myself again after what had just been a hellish, I was going to say a couple of years, but let's call it a couple of decades. It was finally my time. And because I was working in the city, I was like, you know, working hard um, during the week on a Thursday night. It was that sort of drink culture. We'd go out, we'd get drunk, go home with a takeaway, wake up with chips on my pillow, just like, you know, <laughs> still not really facing my demons, um, still looking for that escapism because the pain of the reality was just too difficult to sit with. But... I had known Kane for quite a long time and I always thought of him as a really sweet, really humble guy. Just something about his energy was always really grounded, really centred and um, I'd always really admired him. And we worked together at a few clubs because uh, he's in the music industry as um, a DJ, promoter, producer. So we'd worked at a few again, a few events together and there'd been a couple of sort of like little moments like in the booth where we're just sort of passing each other or when we're on the stairs and just catching a little glance. In fact, <laughs> we were both at a house party together and I cooked some of my famous saltfish fritters. And I think it's fair to say he was feeling the fritters because I'm standing at the cooker frying them up at my friend's house and I turn around and the way that the man is just looking at me like he loves me. <laughs> I was like, it's just the fritters, it's just the fritters. <laughs> But anyway, so we had these sort of little passing moments, but because I was just not in that headspace, I wasn't really thinking like that. But anyway, the weeks were passing and and then we started chatting and then the conversation sort of went onto WhatsApp and this energy was just taking over and I felt so light and Something within me really wanted to trust him because I could sense that he was different. But bearing that in mind, the guy that I went out with before, I'd also known him for a while as well as a friend. And then he turned into a total toad. Um, So I was still quite hesitant to trust. But there was still something very different about Cain. I remember it was sort of around, I think it was around the March and so we're just coming into spring. So there's that spring light energy, that new life energy. The You know, uh, plants are springing. And I just loved the energy of spring. 
and then there's this little momentum going now. He and I are exchanging messages all the time and uh, <laughs> chatting until like five in the morning. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got to get up and go to work in a bit. But it was just really long conversations. And at this point, we weren't speaking to each other on the phone. It was all just WhatsApp chat, really getting to know each other. I learned a lot about him. He learned a lot about me. I told him that I was very resistant to enter into anything because of the damage that had been done to me throughout the years of less than ideal situations with men. But I really felt a trust building with him. So anyway, we went on for quite some time in these back and forth conversations and music was definitely a big link between us. And then one day we finally decided to arrange a date. But the whole time I, I can feel myself falling for this guy. I'm also worried about the ex because he made it quite clear to me that there would be consequences um, of my behaviour. So I was quite anxious about that. But I was going with this feeling because it was feeling good and it was feeling right. So after a few months of courtship... <laughs> through WhatsApp and um, and Facebook Messenger, we decided to arrange a date. So I was actually scared to go out because the, the ex didn't live too far from where I was now living, or well, his parents didn't, so I was really quite anxious. Um, so anyway, but this is the sort of hold that he had on me, despite the fact that our relationship was done, dead and buried and had been that way for months now. I was still frightened. And this is this is what happens when you get broken down by these guys. And I'm sure there's women that do this to other women as well, but I'm just speaking from my experience. I was basically too scared to go out and eat anywhere in case we got spotted. So I was like, you know, come round um, and we can have a chat and whatnot. So he came round and when he came round, honestly, <laughs> this guy, Honestly, I could just cry about how sweet this guy is. Um, he bought sweet peas because he knew that I absolutely love sweet peas. He basically just came around with a bag of goodies of all the things that he'd sort of observed that I said that I liked or loved. And he came around and we sat down in the living room and we were just chatting, chatting, chatting. And I remember just sort of like looking at him, really soaking in his face and his energy and just thinking, this guy's different. I can feel it. I'm actually getting emotional as I say this because there was something about the energy that was so strong. And I remember just there were shutters in the in the living room and looking out and seeing this big almost full moon and the light just beaming in and just this real moment of connection. But not once did he ever cross any boundaries, make me feel uncomfortable. He was just respectful every step of the way. So yeah, after that first date, something beautiful began to blossom. I trusted him. I wanted to let my heart trust. I didn't want to allow the experience of the past to prevent me from being willing. You know, I, I was still in my mind, I'm going to drop and run at the first sign that anything is amiss. But let me just trust this. And I was just absolutely glowing with light about how this guy was making me feel. 
And I remember saying to my mum, oh, mum, there's this guy. My mum's like, what do you mean there's this guy? I was like, no, honestly, he's really nice. Oh, you've just been through hell. And now you're looking at... I was just like, oh. And my mum, my mum's not easy when she wants to be. But it's all from a place of love. And obviously, she's seen me, her daughter, go through absolute hell and back. So she's not going to want to see me go running up into any other situations. So, yeah, mum wasn't best impressed. My dad's sort of a little bit more level, so he never really gives too much away in that respect. But, um, yeah, mum wasn't happy. I remember Kane and I arranging a date in Brighton. um, And this was going to be the first time that we were going to go somewhere together. And I was like, yeah, we're going to Brighton and uh, we're going to get a hotel. What do you mean you're getting a hotel, my mum? You're going to go and stay in a room with this man? And I'm like, mum, it's not going to be anything like that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? We're just going to go and have a nice time and we need somewhere to stay and... So we went to Brighton and we just had the most amazing time and the weather was beautiful and everything just felt like, like my heart just felt like, you know, this is, everything is right, everything is good and everything is it's meant to be. I'm feeling the feelings that I always thought that love was going to feel like, but this was all happening quite quickly. And then we were on the pier and then we bumped into somebody that we knew and we were trying to be all covert and it was like, ah. Oh, this is going to be out in in no time now. So at this point, I'm still living in fear of the ex. But Kane was like, "Listen, you don't have to ha- you don't have to worry about a thing. We're going to phone him. Well, you're going to phone him, and you're going to tell him that we are together, and you don't have to have you don't have to worry about a single thing." So I did. I made that call. Um, oh gosh, I'll never forget. And he absolutely kicked off and was as dramatic as I expected him to be. Um, But I felt more empowered and I felt safe knowing that someone had my back. And for me, it was good to just energetically cut those ties. Like, I'm starting to feel the happiest I've felt ever. I don't want this ex who didn't have any respect for me at the time we were together to hold me back from a happy future. So I cut the cord and it felt good. So I still had this situation of my mom, like my mom was in a mood because <laughs> she was giving me the cold shoulder a little bit because she didn't want to see me getting hurt again. And I was like, you know what? The only way for this to not be a thing is for her to meet him. So I was like, right, we need to go to Birmingham and I need to introduce him to my parents. And as soon as they feel his energy and catch his vibe, they'll know that he's all good because my mum, my mum's very intuitive and she knows who's good people and who's not and she didn't like the last one she (laughs) she said well I never liked him anyway yeah me and your dad never liked him anyway so um, I was just thinking but I know for a fact that she'll like Kane she just needs to we need to get them in the same room so we did we arranged a trip to Birmingham I introduced him to the family and just as I predicted once they met him they loved him and yeah that was good for me. Now I've got my family on board. I'm feeling happy. And 10 years later, I'm still the happiest I've ever been. 10 years later, this guy has still never let me down a day since. I remember at the bank, one of my friends, James, he was like, is the honeymoon period over yet? Is the Always asking me if the honeymoon period was over yet. And I was like, no, no, it's not. And 10 years later, we're still going strong. I get butterflies when I think about him. He has really helped me to step into my power. Being with Kane 
gave me some real stability and just safety after what had been a turbulent what was it eight years or so from when my boyfriend died to getting out of this relationship and the safety that he gave me really allowed me to then start to be able to heal I'm not having to deal with uncertainty all the time I know where I'm standing so I started to decompress taking myself out of these situations that were just constantly provoking my deep anxiety being in a relationship with somebody who's super unstable just constantly leaving you in a state of uncertainty when you've already got generalized anxiety disorder depression and deep deep wounds of abandonment um, after my boyfriend died and a whole host of other problems as a result of my experience were just not conducive to a healing environment. And the difference for me in getting into the relationship with Cain was deep down in my heart, I knew that it felt right. Unlike the last relationship where my soul was just like, nope, 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 nope. This time, everything there was just like this warm glow of bright white light that surrounded us. And it just felt like it was meant to be. But what's funny is a few years back before Kane and I got together, I actually interviewed him at an event um, out in Spain. And he said from that point that he felt the electricity, even though I was totally oblivious to it. But he said he felt a little spark and a connection from then. And that he just knew that we were meant to be. And here we are, 2022 still truly madly deeply in love after everything that we've been through and we have been through a lot as a couple we've seen a lot and we've done a lot of healing together jumping from one dead relationship into another relationship isn't necessarily ideal but what I love about my relationship with Kane is as I said that safety that security that allowed me to heal that really held space for me to get to know myself, to know what life was like without having to worry about a man that is not trustworthy or that is gonna betray me or that is gonna rob me. To have a guy who is just steady and calm and working on himself, building himself to be the best version of, of, of himself, just provided me with the containment for me to do that for myself too. He supported me through my therapy. He supported me through my journey into studying to be a counsellor at uni. It was just a level of support that I hadn't been accustomed to. And a trust, you know, somebody who allows me to have friends that are guys and knows that that's all that it is. It, It doesn't mean that you know, I fancy him because he's a man and he fancies me because I'm a woman. Just these real basic things, you know, that insecure men make you believe when actually you find a man who knows himself and these things just aren't a problem. And trust is everything. And I'm so grateful to be in a relationship where we can both just trust each other. Like, I don't have any doubts in my mind about him. And I know he doesn't have any doubts about me. And to be able to start a relationship on a real foundation of trust is so crucial. Because if you don't have trust, let's be honest, what have you got? A facade. Because if you're second-guessing everything that your partner's doing, or if they're second-guessing everything that you're doing, it's just not a healthy environment. And it's certainly not one that I want to be within. 
we actually ended up moving in quite quickly together because as I mentioned before I'd moved in with my friend but now she was moving out so it was like oh what am I going to do move back to Brum I don't really want to do that and um, so yeah we ended up moving in with each other quite early which could have been disastrous but because we were such a good fit it just worked beautifully and then a couple of years later he asked my daddy for my hand in marriage over a lovely balti in Birmingham. What better way to do it? If you want to woo a brummie and her dad, take them for a curry and then ask the dad for his daughter's hand in marriage. <laughs> so yeah, in a couple of weeks, we well, next month, will be our eighth wedding anniversary. And honestly, I could just cry every time I think about Cain because I love him so much and he's taught me so much. And like I say, he's just provided a really stable environment for me to be able to grow and flourish. And he encourages me every step of the way. He's always trying to help me to pull out my strength, the best qualities within myself, always pushing me to be more, to do more, to tap into my potential. He's my biggest cheerleader and I'm deeply, deeply grateful to him, especially through everything that we've been through with my spinal cord injury and through our infertility journey. That's going to be another episode coming up soon. But yeah, just jar bless for the real ones. So finally, after a couple of really rough decades, I started to find my happiness. I started to see the beauty in life again. I started healing. But it really made me aware of what I was attracting into my life. Really through the vibration that I was on because I was not in a good vibration. I was low, I was anxious, I was edgy, I was angry, I was upset, I was emotional. The generalised anxiety disorder constantly clouding my judgement. The adrenaline that was consistently pumping through my body was exhausting me. And I was so beat down that I was accepting stuff that I should have... I should have put a stop to from a long time ago. And yet, of course, there's men out there that are absolute trash. But does that mean that all men are trash? Does that mean that we should harden our hearts and never trust again? This is where I think our personal power comes into it. I could have started entering into this relationship with Cain and started seeing the red flags. And if I'd have seen red flags and carried on with the relationship, then what have I just learned from my whole last experience? Nothing. So this is where personal responsibility comes into it. I need to be responsible for the decisions that I'm making in my life. Life's experience can harden us. But if we then enter into the world with that expectation that everybody's going to treat us like crap, is that the energy that we're putting out there? That anticipation that everything we meet is going to be disastrous? But I took the time to just tap into my intuition a little bit and feel the energy out because I think if we are able to find a little bit of time and space where we can just really tune in with ourselves and be honest about whether something feels right or not and make decisions based on that 
Whereas before in the past, I'd found myself in situations that were like big red flags. No, 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 don't do it, don't do it. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. No wonder I had to find out the hard way. But if we can just tune into the subtle energies that are giving us hints about whether something's right or wrong, and if we can maintain enough personal power so that we know that if something doesn't suit our highest purpose, or if something isn't serving us, that we can find the strength to call time on it before it becomes a problem to our experience. And it's easy to become a victim to life and all of the crap that happens. And I know as much as anyone that life, (laughs) it's not always easy. But within that, within the stuff that happens to us, we have our personal responsibility to ourselves and for ourselves. And we can make decisions that either support us or they don't. So I'm wondering, do you have a hardened heart as a result of your life experience? Are you still willing to trust off the back of some of the things that have happened to you that have been less than ideal? Or have you learned how to harness your personal power to call time on situations that are not serving you? One of the biggest lessons that my crazy life experience has taught me is that life is a game and the objective is to pursue joy. And if it doesn't feel good and if it doesn't feel right and if it doesn't make you feel joy, then what's the point? So now I'm more inclined to, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't feel like it's incongruence with with where I'm at and where I'm going, it's okay to call time on situations that are, are not serving your purpose. So what is it you're looking for in life? What do you want to be the defining features of your experience here on this short time that we've got on earth? I'm out here pursuing joy. What are you pursuing? So, girlfriend, thank you very much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Perhaps you've had relationships that have been less than ideal and you're thinking back at, oh, maybe you should have called time on them a little bit sooner. Or perhaps you've been fortunate and have never met a scumbag like I have. But it's, you know, it's all part of the process. It's all taught me some really valuable lessons in life. I wish I could have shortcut some of those lessons, which is why I think there's value in sharing some of my experience, because there might just be one person out there that hears this and thinks, you know what? Yeah, I'm in a situation that's less than ideal. Let me just call time on that now and pursue some joy. Speaking of pursuing joy, I am busily working away in the background at the moment, trying to pull lots of different things together. I'm a bit of a one-man band trying to make it all happen, but I'm on a real mission at the moment to create a healing ecosystem for underrepresented women so that we are just holding space for personal transformation because I believe so strongly in the potential of women to overcome their challenges and really start to live lives that they know that they deserve because that was me and now I feel like I'm finally starting to live a life that I deserve after many years of less than ideal situations. So I'm going to be working on a few different things. So we've got the podcast where we have a beautiful therapeutic conversation, speaking about some of the different challenges and trials that come up in life. I'm also going to be working on some events, retreats and workshops so we can start to come together and connect. We've also obviously got the clothing arm of the Curl Squad, 
where the clothing just represents a sense of community and solidarity. I'll be expanding on the range at some point in the future. And then there's going to be the programmes and workshops that are going to be curated to help support women taking steps to really figuring out where they're going, what they're doing, tapping into their passion and just making good of their dreams, putting in the practical steps to to bring their passion projects to flourish. So I think, yeah, it's about high time I put together all of my knowledge and experience that I've gained throughout the years, both personally and professionally, to create something that's really going to help other women out there. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on the website, which is thecurlsquad.com, and on the socials. As I mentioned earlier, you can catch us at The Curl Squad. You can find me at zoe.e.fox. And if you're listening to the podcast and you'd like to collaborate, you think we're maybe a good fit and you'd like to collaborate on one of the events, yeah, get in touch and let me know what you do and just a little bit about your story and and, um, and how we might be able to work together. You can email me at info at the curl squad. It would be great to connect. Right then, curl friend, that's quite enough from me. I hope you have a great week ahead Sending you big, big love from the bottom of my heart. Peace out and I'll catch you then.